In a world where people actually watch the stuff their friends recommend, this is I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. lookers welcome to another edition of i'll look at yours if you look at mine i'll be your host ben mitchell and you can find me on twitter and most social media with the handle at red hen media one look for that red hen icon today we will be discussing under the skin came out in 2013 uh it is a sci-fi thriller feature film that is currently streaming on canopy And I am here with my distinguished co-hosts, who are likely already talking behind my back, so let's join their conversation, already in progress. Hi, gang. Howdy, hey. howdy. Hello. Hi. With us today is, she's simultaneously credible and incredible, the anomaly, Kat Ramirez. Hey, y'all. I'm coming to you from Devin's bedroom, but just like I'm always real with my friends and family, I always keep it real with y'all, too. So, as always, grateful to be here. Yes, we've overcome the technical difficulties. Glad to have you. And speaking of him, the provocative one and current Who Dundee Award winner and reigning champion, Mr. Devin Schwartz. Uh, don't worry, the AC is on. She's listening to her favorite music. Please don't break my window to save Cat. <laughs> it's all perfectly normal and uh my good friend the incendiary james pepe hello it's me james <laughs> man uh in movies nothing good ever happens in the woods <laughs> i never no <laughs> it's like when you when someone in a movie coughs it's just you know it's <laughs> right. over for them. yeah <laughs> same same deal <laughs> yeah and the irrepressible gentleman, Jim Scott. Greetings, gentle listeners and friends. It's good to be here. It's great to have you. Good to see all of you, actually. There's a rundown you asked for. I may have expanded some areas that you weren't prepared for. Great. But I think... Fax that to everyone on the distribution list. Um, sure. Do you want to look at it first? Do I need to? No. No, no, I just... I want to make sure we have the same format. Our boss, Charles Miner, just demanded a rundown, and Jim from the office just handed the dossier to our very own Jim Scott, who uh, will give us the rundown. What have you got for us uh, for Under the Skin today? Yeah, Jim, sure. summarize so, this movie for us. <laughs> uh, I, I'm no. going to... <laughs> yep, I'm gonna go for the quick summary. So um go for so, it. So yep, under the skin, as uh said before, is our feature film to review today. It was uh 2013. Um and it definitely got under the skin, which I'm sure we would talk we'll talk about. But uh it received a hard R rating 
And then as far as other ratings and approval, um, IMDb uh, under the skin got 6.3 out of 10. And then with Rotten Tomatoes, uh, audience score was about the same, 55% um, for the audience score. But the tomato meter, the tomato meter, <laughs> however you pronounce that, actually 84%. Tom yeah, that. Yeah, this was one of the um, ones where the this is one of the ones where the critics uh liked it, but the audience didn't like it as much. Right. Yeah, that makes which sense. Which is opposite of which is opposite of what I look for. Because I right. um yeah. I like when the audience likes things typically. Sure. And then uh moving on to awards, it actually got a stunning 23 wins and 111 nominations from various award ceremonies. But the two that I picked out that were pretty um, noteworthy were the, the BAFTA awards in 2015. Um, it got the, uh, it was a nominated, excuse me, the Alexander Corda award for best British film. It was also a nominee in the best original music from that same award ceremony. And then it was the a, a winner at the Alliance of Film Journalists. It got received the best depiction of nudity, sexuality, and seduction with Scarlett Johansson. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, I'll ring that up. I'm not sure what that means. What was the organization that awarded that one? Yeah, it's a weird category. It, it was the uh, Alliance of Film Journalism. So I think I said they're it journalists originally. If I'm if I'm understanding it correctly, they're awarding it for being good nudity, meaning like not exploitative. If I'm saying that uh, word right. I would assume by saying the best depiction, it was probably um the being the winner of the award. Mm -hmm. Artfully done, tasteful, that type right. of thing. Okay. Cool. Yep. And and then uh, the director and uh, one of the writers was Jonathan Glazer. And then the main um, protagonist of the story was Scarlett Johansson. Um, and she's dubbed the female. Yeah, I noticed in the credits, everyone had the basic names like that. Victim one. The female. Mm -hmm. So any uh, weird uh, trivia or anything that you uncovered? Yeah, so I uncovered um, some interesting trivia about Scarlett Johansson. Um, she often will play characters who look and act older than herself. Um, but the movie itself had some interesting trivia. The first proper line of dialogue comes in 13 minutes in. Yes. Yeah, I noticed that. Um. Yeah, I, it was very a vis very visual storytelling. I have some interesting trivia that I I, I popped up. Yeah, yeah, lay it on. If us. you don't mind, Jim. Um, apparently, no, all of it. the scenes where Scarlett Johansson's character is luring the men into her van were not actors. Those were they installed hidden cameras in the van. Those were real men on the street that uh, Scarlett Johansson actually lured, I guess, and uh, then were oh informed gosh. afterward that it was uh, part of a movie. Yeah, we call that verisimilitude, folks. That, that sounds terrifying. I can't, <laughs> I can't 
believe they talked her into that. Which is probably Terrifying why they had to her, do it. Yeah. They had to do it in like a random town in Scotland. Otherwise, everyone would recognize her. They'd be like, hey, that's Charles Johansson. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a crazy thing that to have done this, <laughs> yeah. for this movie. Do you, do you feel like doing that adds to certain themes in the movie that they were playing around with? The fact that they did that in the actual and factual? I Maybe. do. I feel like it's more an indictment of it. like Scottish men because they all seem like <laughs> assholes. <laughs> I, no. I think it might be an indictment of, of all, all men just as a general. Kind <laughs> yeah. of, but we definitely can get into that. I don't think it it's might confined be. Yeah, to the Scottish and we will. Men. We will. We'll get into it. But first. We have reached the segment where we guess and reveal who is responsible for this week's submission. Uh, winner of the most correct guesses at the end of the series will win a Who Dundee Award. So uh, let's take some guesses. Uh, I'm going to guess uh, Jim on this one. Um, because Devin's already, he already had one last week. And, uh, so I can't guess him, uh, because Jim likes, uh, kind of thriller horror kind of movies. So, um, I'm thinking Jim cat. Who do you think did this one? Who done it? Honestly, it's a toss up for me between Ben and Jim. Um, I know both are into thriller horror movies and I feel like I could easily see either one uh, submitting this film. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Jim on this. So I'm going to say Jim. Two votes for Jim. To you, Mr. Devin Schwartz. Who done it? I have also struggled with this. I've gone back and forth between Cat uh, and Ben, actually. I think that I could definitely see some of the themes in this movie being very interesting to Cat. Um, it also, it, you know, has a lot of that, like, filmmaker stank on it that could definitely, like, you know, jive with Ben. So I think I'm going to go Ben. Ben, you were my first instinct. So far, that's been right every time. I'm going to go with you. Going with the instinct. I think your reasoning there was sound in both areas. Uh, James Pepe. Who done it? Can I guess? Can I guess me? <laughs> you guys are so lucky that I already. This <laughs> is my movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's either Cat or or Jim. I don't think it's a Ben because Ben didn't know what Canopy was when my movie came up, and this was on Canopy, so I don't think it's Ben. Um, I know Jim likes horror, but I again, I don't think this is Jim's flavor of horror. So I'm going to go with Cat. Okay, and uh, final guess goes to you, Mr. Jim Scott. Who done it? Uh, um, I'm going to go with Cat as well, just because I can't pick Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> It just this movie has some similarities with Horse Girl, and there's a lot of things there, and there's a lot of complexities going on. I, I think. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think it's definitely your movie, Cat. Yeah, and I think there's uh, kind of a theme emerging here with the movies we've been watching, but we'll get into that uh, more later. Um, so we got a couple of votes for we got a widespread here, uh, Devin. You've been keeping track, right? 
loosely. Sure. Everyone, everyone will know if they're <laughs> right, right? So, okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, with the guesses in, locked in, uh, will the perpetrator please stand up and be counted? And it was me. Yes. I chose this one. Oh, oh no. Yes. <laughs> my instincts. <laughs> that was my instinct. Why do I do that? Oh, my I God. I did the same thing last week. So, you're in good company. This, is, this is the company. first film where only one person has correctly guessed whose it was. All right. Yeah. I thought for sure it couldn't it be Ben. How did you? I was playing that 3D chess, man. You did it. I guess so. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Man, the real long game. Yeah. I spend too many hours working on the show. That's the problem. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, I guess I actually have some splaining to do. Uh, why I chose this other than to try to throw people off. That was probably my main thing there. Actually took it some worked. notes this time. Yeah, good. Did a good uh, job. Uh, okay, so... Alright, so I chose this movie because this was the film that taught me that you can tell a complex story with mostly visuals. Um, I came off writing a very uh, dialogue-heavy script, and my script consultant said, watch this movie. And it kind of changed the way I approached my writing in, in uh, the next uh, couple of uh, things that I wrote subsequently. Um, yeah, and uh, he actually had me do a, a good exercise, which is to just cross out all your dialogue and see if this thing makes sense still, which was interesting, interesting. Um, and also uh, the emerging theme thing that I brought up earlier. Um, we've, we sort of have these movies happening again recently that we've done that, um, on this podcast, uh, and maybe in the greater cinematic sphere, even, uh, of just how to tell contemporary female stories, uh, kind of deconstructing and examining the traditional roles of female characters, um, who, uh, and trying to reconcile what Hollywood uh, has traditionally taken for granted, I think, and that they're currently well engaged in. And it kind of seemed to start around this time, if I'm, if I'm going to put my finger on something there. 2013, some, somewhere in there. Disagree with me if you want. But um, yeah, first thing I want to ask, though, uh, uh, to kick off the discussion is uh, subtitles on or off real quick. It was on for me way on, on. What about you guys? this this movie wasn't in english you how could you possibly watch this without subtitles the scottish accents were so thick those accents man i watched them i watched it off um, legit but you i did it with it I, off i did it with it off because i was too lazy to get up and turn them on <laughs> um, <laughs> but also like <laughs> well most of the stuff that those guys are saying doesn't matter and the stuff that sort of does matter you can hear you can understand um but yeah like most of the stuff that like some random guy is like catcalling at scarlett johansson like who cares what he's saying you know yeah but you posted a comment uh something about the scottish brogue that was just like yeah it was i can't remember what you said but I, it's incredible that they're speaking english at all it sounds like a different <laughs> language I thought that too. It's like, are we witnessing like the evolution of where languages like, you know, split and divide into new something that you could consider a different language? It almost seems like the start of that because it's you just know, so different. 
actually being so hard of understanding what they were saying made me listen really closely to whatever like just to the sounds that were in the movie and i think that there are some points because i think the opening sequence where like her eye is being constructed or whatever's going on in that opening sequence is also her learning english like she's learning english in that sequence also and i think there are parts of the movie where she will like stop paying attention to what someone is saying to her and like what people are saying will just become garbled nonsense and she like isn't hearing it so i thought that i thought that them being very non-understandable was actually worked well for the movie because she is obviously not she's a not a real person you know or not a human person i guess yeah, well, that's what we have. That's one of the things we have to kind of deconstruct and figure out here because I have questions on that front. Um, was she an alien or a construct? First of all, uh, actually, did ever real quick? Did everyone answer the uh, subtitles on or off? Yeah, Kat, did you have them on or off? Let's just go around. I would so it's funny because I actually watch everything with captions now, so um. Okay. It is weird that I didn't have it on for this movie, half, at least for halfway <laughs> through. Um, I just realized, I was like, oh, you know, I should probably have captions on because it is kind of a little bit difficult to understand them. So I turned it on like halfway through. I watched it after uh, Pepe's remark. So I was like on. Like it, it just kind of occurred to me early on to do it. Uh, Devin, did you say if you had them on or not? Yeah, I, I had them on. And I, I also wanted to point out there was a lot of uh, like indistinct was used quite often in the subtitles for like background characters because you just fucking couldn't hear what anyone was saying in the background because it was just like random scottish like noise so it was indistinct just, was like the most common word that came up that's the subtitlers way of just throwing their hands up in the air exactly <laughs> and what about you jim did you uh, do you go with subtitles on or off yeah i had a i had them on as well yeah yeah good yeah it was helpful for me um and cat what what's the deal with having them on all the time for you is it because you watch stuff late at night or something no i just feel like i comprehend things way better and i've actually noticed a lot of people at least my age have do that like normally like it's very normal yeah. to watch things with captions on now i'm big, not sure why though it's a big captions. millennial thing yeah yeah <laughs> millennial and gen z yeah. millennials aren't kids anymore though. i never caught on to that <laughs> I never like I don't know I get distracted I don't even I, I watch subbed anime I mean dubbed anime I can't even watch subbed anime I I just I I I can read or I can watch a show I cannot do both and I will not be able to do both I have trouble because of just my environment is so distracting that I can't do a lot of subtitled stuff anymore even though I've enjoyed a lot of subtitled work I can't do it because it's like I have to be able to follow along and not be looking sometimes just just by hearing what's going on. A movie like this, I really had to sit and focus to stay with it. It's definitely not a an audio play like TV shows are. I don't know if I've mentioned that before on the show. TV is evolved from radio, which is an audio medium, and um, film evolved from from uh, photography, which is a visual medium. Uh, so, but those lines have obviously blurred but that's just where they came from. So films, you're more likely to see stuff like this 
with a lot less dialogue in it than in TV. That's also interesting. Uh, you you brought that up because uh, one of my uh, production classes um, or lectures, we learned about how Netflix creates shows kind of catering to it being background noise for people. So you kind of have that in yeah. mind when they're creating shows is that that people are going to be like doing multiple things while also maybe listening to the show. That's certainly factored in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they completely sort of admitted to it when they put the like 1.5 speed in on Netflix, or whatever, right? Like, oh man, can't you can't you watch things at a faster speed now on Netflix? Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't be surprised. I so wish... it's like you're listening to a podcast, but it's a TV show or whatever. Well, wish... yeah, I mean, I th I think the idea was they like, drop it okay, all on you at once, Jeez, you yeah, got a lot yeah, of hours like, to get through, right? I, I have to <laughs> make it through this, these two seasons, and so if I watch it at 1.5 speed, like it doesn't change the quality of it that much, but it shaves, you know, two hours off the total oh, runtime. Yeah. You're looking at your watch like I've got like eight hours until my next shift, so I need to get through like you know 12 hours of content yeah. in that time. Yeah, on that podcast, the Content Minds, <laughs> they were talking about uh, the like fandom content mills that exist like for for websites like the the fandom wikis and things like that that have to have like all the information about all the shows instantly and have like articles up about things that happen in shows and how basically they would watch like things like game of thrones they would just like skip through they would like a scrub through each episode and like just look for what looked like an important moment and then just stop and watch it and then write an article about like that little clip um, and like they didn't even wow. like watch the episodes. They would just like grab clips out of context and like write an article about it as quickly as possible because they needed to get it up before the show was Jeez. even finished. Yeah. Just like real Game of Thrones had to get it up before the fucking <laughs> thing was even finished. Never look behind the curtain. <laughs> just ruins it. <laughs> so let's do a let's do a clip. She had some it was interesting. It was 13 minutes, you said, Jim, or was that Devin? Who said that? Jim. Yeah, it was 13 minutes. Yep. Hey, my memory worked. Uh, it was 13 minutes before you hear any dialogue. Uh, and in that time, you see her kind of get uh, accumulated to her environment, right? And uh, do a couple of failed attempts, right? Before we get to this guy. Handsome face. Uh, yeah. Thanks a lot, Cheers. You think I'm pretty? I think I'm gorgeous. Do you? Uh, definitely. Good. <laughs> I wonder, I, I don't actually know how much of it was hidden camera and like they didn't know. I imagine by that point th that was an actor or like they knew. But if he still didn't know in that moment that he was like in a movie, he must have known he was going to get murdered. Because <laughs> like she puts off the strongest murder vibes you could possibly put off. Well, he didn't hear the sound, though. I mean, how much of that? I mean, was yeah, the, the music definitely sound? contributes. But like the way she's talking does sound very strange, I feel like. Yeah, it's definitely like a, a wink to the audience, the good part, especially. It was all, it almost reminded me of Dracula from last series. Where it's just I like, find it, ooh, I could have done it in Dracula's accent, you know. <laughs> good. <laughs> I find it really interesting that we're all cued in on that. Like, are these people going to get murdered? But they're completely oblivious, you know, in the movie to their fate. They're just like having a good old time. That guy was just trying to play it cool in front of uh, Scarlett Johansson, I think. <laughs> I probably would have had a panic attack, honestly. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I mean, I find it pretty believable that those guys were like on board for whatever was about to go down. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. There you have it. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. Like, listen. Go go ahead. Go ahead, Pepe. I have another comment to add when you're done. Well, I was just like, I mean, like grown men are never told like don't get into like fucking windowless vans with women, you <laughs> it's know? True. Like they don't have to worry about that. Like what's going to happen to the them? Male privilege. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, just, I mean, I but it is say, entirely uh, possible that she could just blow them up or like shoot them, you know. I was yeah, going to say if Scarlett Johansson was in her undies, I wouldn't even notice the black void either. So, right. I mean, just to speak to that, I mean, I'd just be oblivious too. It'd be, it'd be over. I'd probably die of a heart attack though, if it was her. <laughs> I definitely thought, um, at least initially, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about the ending, but um, I definitely thought it, this movie was going to kind of be about showing the, how if the opposite roles were to happen kind of like you know yes you have this woman luring seducing men and then killing them and given when it's the other way around i don't think men are seducing women into their vans but um the fact that it just seemed kind of like a critique of the idea that you know women of course would never do something like that if it was a man you know not by choice but the fact Absolutely. that men feel hundred percent comfortable to go into a random woman's van that that in itself is saying a lot you know if the roles were reversed yeah. this so wouldn't work i mean it just wouldn't. yeah exactly yeah so um i thought that was definitely obviously very interesting so i thought it was going to be more like a i don't know like a woman takes back the power by killing men i don't know something like that like that movie monster kind of like, that was based on a true story uh, yeah so yeah so obviously i mean yeah by the end we un we see that that's not really the case too so so were you okay so if i'm understanding this correctly you didn't quite get the what she was at first and what she was doing right well like the nature of the thing Right. Yeah. I mean, it took some bit to understand what was going on, but also yeah, I was just kind of saying that it seemed, I thought maybe the angle of the movie was going to be about like, this is, you know, here's a woman killing men, seducing them and stuff and kind of changing the power dynamics when it comes to like, maybe specifically like uh sexual assault. Like I thought it was going to be more of a critique in that sense, but um, by the Until... end when she's getting, assaulted yes. then it kind of you know goes back to like okay this is not it's not it, obviously it's, the movie's not going in that direction of um women being the one in power because obviously that dynamic changed by the end of the movie might they have uh been exploring kind of both sides of it to illustrate the difference or do you think they just were on possibly and that's i mean point yeah there's a lot going on in yeah the, and it was just different well one of the criticisms i think that i read uh, and i didn't read a lot but i just i happened across one i think on imdb or something but one of the criticisms was that uh some of the symbolism wasn't maybe overt enough or explicit enough and uh some people just didn't pick up on what was going on um and i'm not sure yeah. if i picked up on all of what was going on either 
to that point, um, I think that like, yeah, this this is basically I think the core concept of this film is like, what if a sci fi like what if a sci fi movie except no exposition <laughs> is basically like that's the core. Like if there was if we had a sci fi movie that just had no expositing whatsoever. And I think that's an interesting idea. But I think that what happens with this movie is it's a very stark example of why exposition is necessary at times. Um, because I like, I, I don't, I don't know. I was just confused for this entire film from beginning to end. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel bad that it's another Ben movie that I did not connect with at all. But, uh, yeah, I, I really just kind of struggled through this one. Yeah, this is, this was my choice, but this isn't like, like a desert Island film for me. It was a very specific lesson I took away. And the other lesson was that you don't need to do so much exposition. Because at the time I was doing sci-fi where I was like, well, let me explain like what the, you know, Galactic Senate was doing, like, you know, George Lucas. And uh, it's like, yeah, you don't need that. You don't need all of that. You can just kind of hint at that. that You show them like, you know, the tip of the iceberg and that other research is great. But, you know, 90% of what you come up with can still be under the water. I think maybe uh, your contention is that they may might have overcorrected in trying to kind of explore the idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's what you have what to do. You... you have to like kind of break it to find your limits. And then, you know, the next filmmaker pushes back the other direction and, and finds that balance. I'm to hear like what you think more exposition would have added to this movie. It, I mean, it would have like, I don't think it would have taken anything away to explain like what these aliens are doing here or like what, what the purpose of this inky void is which was like completely unclear that like there's, I mean, there's, we don't know what yeah, they're I mean, doing at all. We like, have no idea what any of the characters are doing. Aren't all of those things like beside the point of the movie? Well, that's the problem. I don't know the point of the movie. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it. I just didn't. Right. But I, what I mean is like, let's say that, let's say that they had said in the movie that like what Scarlett Johansson is doing is like, seducing these men and trapping them and then they use them for food just for example i don't know that i don't know that that would have changed what happened in the movie i don't know if that would have changed what i thought the like point of this movie was i mean i think it, what it would do is is give you kind of like i mean it would it would there was a lot of suspense in this movie obviously it was very suspenseful but i think that a lot of the suspense, at least for me, fell flat when I'm like, okay, yes, this is a, a scary situation. She's clearly luring these guys for some, some like, you know, nefarious purpose. But without knowing that nefarious purpose, without knowing what is going to happen to these guys, it's like it kind of like, you know, uh, uh, robs it of its teeth a little bit for me. Where it's like, I don't, I don't know what the Everything stakes are here. Well, why? What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, if I could just interject i i also am with pepe and i know this isn't like you know a democracy to decide what's good or bad but i mean i just happened to side with pepe on this that i didn't find it bothersome and didn't need to know that stuff either so i, I yeah I'm, i guess i'm finding it hard to figure out what like nail hammer nailing down what was missing for you there 
I, I mean, don't know. maybe it's just a difference of how I like enjoy sci-fi, but like it felt to me like I was watching a normal sci-fi movie on mute where it's just like if you watched Star Wars on mute, it would be a horrible movie. It would be pretty, but it would be a bad movie. Um, and uh, like it, it, you know, if you don't know what's happening, what's the point of watching a movie? Like if, well, if the, you have no idea what's the, going on. Like these, this movie is very different. Like, for example, like knowing more information about something doesn't necessarily like for example like like the type of like i found out i think this is right that like the type of music that the band in the cantina in star wars there are uh, they're like the they're it's called like jizz whaling or like they're jizz whalers which is like a stupid fucking name right and like no one needs to know that but like now that you know that it doesn't like change the way you see that movie anymore right so like just having what i mean is like having more information doesn't necessarily change the way uh you see what's going on in the movie yeah but it's a lack of of the basic information it's like if you watch star wars and didn't know like what the empire was or what the jedi were it was just like here's some people and they're fighting some other people and you don't know who's the bad people and who are the good people you just know there's some people shooting lasers at people and it's like if you reduced it to just that it's not a very interesting movie. You have no one to but root that's for. That's not this movie. But I, but I would also say that like this you don't think you works. could figure out like who the good like you don't like if no one said like the empire was bad, you wouldn't be. You don't think you could figure that out from like the like, like sort of like <laughs> Nazi looking Anakin uniforms and like and like they blow up a whole planet so that they could get someone to talk. Like you couldn't figure out who the good. Like the good guys look like Jesus, kind of, you know. I mean, you should be able to turn off a decent film and at least be able to follow the basics through visuals. I mean, yeah, okay, that, that's probably true. Star Wars may be a bad example, but uh, I don't know. I uh, personally just did not. I, I this you, movie was... you like concepts, maybe? I, that, yeah, I mean, I guess am so. I understanding that your concept? I am too, and I like, and I like. That's my one of my bad habits is I over-explain things. And um, and so the, this movie was kind of an exercise in taking another direction. Now, I don't go to the point with what I'm writing now to where I don't include exposition, but I, you know, this is kind of a North Star in like trying to uh, pull, pull me towards that uh, sphere a little bit more, you know, away from the other extreme. But um, all overall, I think it, it, it worked for me um, where I didn't feel like I had to know those concepts. I, I I did uh, sit there and think about what might be though, which I also yeah. enjoy. Like, is she yeah. an alien or a construct? Is she a lure? Mm -hmm. Did anyone else? By the way, did anyone else think of like uh, the angler fish? You know that fish with the little light that hangs down. Right. Yeah. That was one of yes, the first several. things they should have. They could have called this movie Lure. I thought. If they wanted to go more art house. I feel like I feel like we made Devin feel bad. Are you okay, Devin? No, no. It's I like I just I don't have a lot to say about this movie. I I feel bad. I feel bad because I I so completely did not understand it that I feel like I just have. That's okay. Jump in because I I have so much to like to to your point in that sense, and I hope this you know resonates with you. I have a lot of these questions that I wanted to explore, like like you know what ifs. I mean, did you did what do you guys think? Was she an actual like independent person or was she kind of like a cog in a machine? Or do you care? Was that even a compelling thing to think about? 
for you or did it even occur to you? I mean, one of the like, that's one of the few things that was clear to me was that she's some kind of like she's subservient, I guess, to this motorcycle guy who like because there's that moment where like he examines her and like later it may like it kind of makes it seem like emotions are a bad thing like she's not meant to like have emotions i guess because later when she feels bad for the guy and like i guess lets him leave um then that's when she starts like seems to be running away again like all of this is like kind of maybe seems to because i don't really know <laughs> but that's what it that's what i read it as um, yeah, that she yeah. develops emotions, and that's what's evil. It's when they come after. Her. Yeah, yeah. There's so a moment where she's severed. But go ahead, Jim. We'll we'll circle back um, to that. Just to go go to your point, because I just kind of want to see how that all played out. Uh, I'm with you, Devin. Um, there was a lot of subtleties here. It was confusing, and to try to put some type of ideal or theme, it was I could never get to a complete theme about what this movie was because then there was well what about this scene and that scene which would break that theme down you know and it wouldn't make sense so um i went through the the whole movie until the very end just trying to figure out all the subtleties and i think what we might be talking about is there just what i mean you're talking about exposition as you know explaining how things are going and then the lack of and doing storytelling through visuals, I guess, would be the other extreme if you want to put those two at two, you know, opposites. I felt like there just wasn't enough to hang your hat on. There were a bunch of different things going in different directions. And it was hard. It was hard for me to pin it down, um, the movie. And I mean, everything is subtle, you, you know, um, and just to get to the original question that you asked, Ben, do we feel that she's a cog in the machine or she's an uh, autonomous individual? I feel like she was a cog in the machine because at the beginning, she's learning how to speak. She's also emulating emotion. Uh, because she did that privately when she was looking in, you know, the mirror. She learned it publicly because when she went to the mall, the women were preening in front of mirrors, you know, as they're getting their hair did and makeup applied or whatever. Right. But she took that habit and moved it into a private space so that she could practice away from them. Um, you know, and she probably thought that that was imitative of what women do. So that's what she was doing. Um, and in that sense, though, it felt very, um, because I read like kind of like um, like psychopath type behavior, you know, where you're trying to emulate the emotions because you don't really feel it. But we see later on in the movie, she does feel some type of emotions, but it's always like really kind of awkward, you know? Yeah. And what about you, Kat? Because uh, I, I want to add to what Jim said, but I'm kind of curious what because we've kind of Pepe and I are on board with this one idea. And then uh, Devin and Jim so far have been on board with the, basically the main criticism I found that was kind of levied against this movie. So how did you feel when you watched it? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think she definitely was um, part of kind of the system as well, just based off the fact that those interactions with that motorcycle guy seemed like there was, be held accountable for what she was doing um 
and kind of being punished or not necessarily directly we don't see her being punished but um and at least not by him um but definitely there's there's a sense of fear for her with this motorcycle guy um i don't know if he ever got a name or if he's just the motorcycle guy but anyways um he's called like I, bad man or something like that and okay bad man um i understand where devin's coming from in the sense of it's hard to kind of pinpoint when I ended the movie, I just I, I kind of would had to kind of sit there and think about what was the critique? What was this movie trying to tell me or tell us or anyone? Um, what was the point of the movie? And so I can definitely like sympathize with with that view of just not really being able to quite pinpoint the point of the movie. But similar to Horse, Horse Girl, there's kind of that of uncertainty of what is the angle that they were trying to approach it with. I do think that this was even more, um, more vague and abstract than horse girl was for sure. Um, so there was a lot more for us to kind of, I think, talk about and, and break down, um, in that sense, um, with that movie. But, uh it, it this movie will definitely be one i think i will think about as well because just that uncertainty of not knowing and i like when movies do that i do like when movies kind of make me be like i'm not quite sure what the point of it was but there's something there and um and what i think even it? yeah and what i think even that? if you can't even if you don't really quite put your finger on it on what the point of the movie was doesn't make it not a good movie like i and i think that we're so used to having movies that it's like explain everything to us like a lot of you know main popular movies do that that we've i i feel like in that sense we've just become so like it's become so normalized to have it completely just like drawn out for us that when we watch a movie that isn't like that it's kind of frustrating and I understand that frustration, but I also can appreciate the movie for what it is, even with that element, not part of it. So, yeah. Yeah. And with like kind of experimental type of films, they tend to push boundaries a little bit more and kind of test the, uh, the cages, so to speak, like the velociraptors, right? They're always testing for weaknesses to see if they can break out in a new direction. Um, but you know, the side effect of that is maybe for some of the audience, it goes too far. Right. So it was about, I think it was about a, what, a 55%, uh, from the audience score on this one. And like in the eighties or something, critics, maybe critics are just used to not liking being spoon fed so much and are looking for a break. And when they get it, cause critics watch a lot more movies than, uh, the average Joe. Right. So they, they might be yearning for something like this. Yeah, I mean this this movie is obviously different from your sort of standard sort of theater fare, you know. So I can understand why a Definitely. critic who just watch has you know has to watch every single movie that gets released uh, would find maybe a little oasis in this in this movie. Yeah. So to speak on what what I was asking you guys. I got my clock going hold for a second. There we go. Um, so to speak on that myself, um, what how I read it was that she was a whole person or like an alien that was then 
like put into a human skin or whatever, but she was a whole person. However, this construct, this machine only used specific parts of that person and uh, limited her and uh, and she was only allowed to play this role, right? This very specific role. And even her responses and such, uh, she may have been getting like, you know, kind of commands uploaded while this connection was was linked. And it was only when she met uh, this guy that she liked his hands, uh, the kind of elephant man uh, guy. you very nice hands. You've beautiful hands. So something happened in that luring process that must up the system. I don't know if it, if if you know, this is another what if, like maybe it was something in the DNA or something. I don't know, but it kind of like broke, right? Uh, clearly, the guy got out, and then it, and then what I think happened is that connection was severed, and they can no longer monitor her or tell her what to do. And so at that point, she behaves rather differently and starts looking around for the first time, and it's kind of like waking up to being a person outside of that that one little role that she played. So that's how I read it. Also, uh, it seemed interesting to me that um, it was like, it was almost like, is she like a chat bot, you know? But I think not because she was so specific, like uh, that, that co the comment about the hands, like you have to be pretty empathetic or at least understanding to a certain point um, to be able to, with someone with, uh, I don't know what the condition is called, but uh, you know, the elephant man condition, um, you know, they're going to be sensitive about it. Clearly the guy was. And so she found a real way to co uh, compliment him, like a way to genuinely compliment the guy. So that seemed like very uh, complex if it was kind of a chatbot thing. So it led me to think that maybe there's a real person there emerging. That, that part of it didn't ring that true to me, actually. I, I kind of felt like it was a little, I don't know. I just, it didn't ring true to me. I had some problems with it, but I'm focusing more on like her side of it, just finding a genuine compliment for the guy that would actually land. Like yeah. that was that was pretty astute. First, I think that was def that was definitely a turning point in the in the film because um, kind of after that he was the first guy to leave that she let go, um, and then from there she was kind of on the run, um, and so. Well, at least my takeaway was that this guy did not fit the same kind of type of guys that she had had that she had lured in and and killed presumably killed um he was someone that was kind of rejected by society and i think one of her first questions for him was about um you know like the last time he's touched someone the last time you know he's been with someone and that that has kind of never happened for him. And so I think that's why she was able to sympathize for him because he wasn't a typical man, or at least a typical, at least from what her other victims have been like, he was very different from any of those other victims. And so um, I think that was kind of what made her be able to sympathize with this with this with this person um versus any of the other guys who seemed completely oblivious to the fact that she was going to um you know seduce them and murder them and stuff uh, not that this guy didn't seem oblivious too but just the fact that they already had 
you know, assumptions of, of, oh, look at this hot girl. I'm going to go and sleep with her. Yay. Great. Where this other guy, he was very surprised about, you know, the way that she was talking to him and it seemed that even interested in him at all. Um, so it, it was definitely different. And I thought that was an interesting kind of dynamic that they showed. I mean, I thought so. It raised a bunch of questions for me. Um, did anyone notice that kind of turning point? And it did it did it have any? Uh, uh, did it get any reaction from you, positive or negative? Pepe, you said you had a problem with it. Well, that that I think that man or that the scene with that man is the sort of turning point of the movie. Um, I don't know the 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 problem that I had with it is sort of like. It's just that, like, he he's a man that has this, like, uh, de horrible deformity. I mean, I don't know how... It's a, it's a debilitating deformity, right? And you can understand why a person like him would go grocery shopping at night with, like, this huge hood over his face, you know? Um, and then... Um, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. Maybe this is, I feel like I've been the sort of like victim of, of compliments like that when you're just like, you have something about yourself that is obvious, that is sort of like obviously not in the sort of like mainstream of what people kind of think of as attractive. And they're like, there's like, oh, well, you're, you have nice hands. It's like, no one fucking cares about whether hands are nice or anything. It just, it sounded kind of phony to me. Um, but I think that the, I think that the, the problem that I had with this movie was this interaction because, um, the movie just like becomes a completely different movie after this point. And I don't, I wasn't able to figure out why I wasn't able to figure out like what it was about this interaction that she has with this guy that like, not, I mean, it not only, it not only like, it becomes like a literally the opposite movie, right? Because she is a woman who is stalking and kidnapping and killing men. And right. after this happens, the exact, it, she becomes the exact opposite. Men start, um, a man starts stalking and killing her. She becomes vulnerable to men. Whereas before this, she wasn't. As soon as she leaves that pre constructed kind of role. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I think what the, I think what the movie or the, the sense that I got that the movie wanted me to have was that like, she interacts with this man who is totally different and has a total different like social dynamic than all of these other guys that she meets would have. And from this interaction, she like learns compassion and then she has that moment where she like looks at herself in that like mirror and she like has some sort of realization. And then I, I, I thought I had the impression that she let the guy go, not that he escaped, that she like actively helped him. I think you're escape. probably right on that read. Yeah. I, as you guys were talking, I was kind of coming around to the, the it was something in his personality because he was the only one that had the sense of mind to actually look around at what the hell was happening to him mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. He was, this is a, this might be a minor, a minor point and sort of <laughs> might be showing <laughs> what I'm interested in these movies. 
uh, he was the only one that didn't walk into that pool with a with a hard on. I didn't notice oh, that. But that's I did not notice that. Yeah, I noticed it. Yeah. <laughs> I also in that scene noticed that she, I think he's the only one that she had to get fully nude to lure because like in most of the other ones, she just like dressed down to her, her undergarments and that was enough to get them like all the way into the void with him. It was like needed a little extra encouragement. And she had to call him back like, Hey, I'm right here. Yeah. Yeah. He took more work than the other ones. Mm -hmm. He also said it was cold and she said it was going to be okay or something like that. Yeah, she he noticed that her face was cold because she she mentioned that his hands were cold and then she had him touch her face and she said, how's that? And he said cold, meaning like her face was also cold. So he like realized that she wasn't I I think he he got the most hints that she was not a human. Yeah, yeah, I think I mean, I think all that is something to do with his condition or his uh, unique lifestyle uh, where he just kind of is more observational than most. Yeah. No, I mean, I, ben, I think you've correctly identified that those interactions is sort of this, a center point of the movie upon which a sort of fulcrum or like something upon which the rest of the oh, movie yeah, it turns. happened right at the midpoint too. If you uh, right, yeah. I always watch for that. So it was like right there. Cut the movie yeah, but I, I wish um, I wish there was a little bit more payoff to it. Like I wish we were given a little bit more to, because I don't I don't mind movies where I don't know I don't know everything that's going on, but I do, I don't like it when there literally isn't enough in the text, right? The, quote unquote the text to be able to figure yeah. out what's going on, and I don't think there is enough in this text to be able to say like oh this is what happened and that that bugs no, me that not at all. i think is a detriment yeah yeah and whether but or not that, it worked yeah. is up to up to you and maybe maybe yeah. that's a better way of putting my my thoughts on it maybe you know that's that's probably a better way of explaining it um i do yeah cuz i do agree with pepe on the fact that it just seems it's not the issue that there was kind of a at least I don't think it's an issue that there was a kind of a shift in the movie at that point. It's just that there was no kind of indication prior that she was like softening up. Like it had she prior to that experience shown other like like her getting a little, becoming more compassionate or something like slowly that then that turn wouldn't have been like kind of out of the blue. Where I feel like because there was no indication prior to that it seems so I felt like a full 180 turn within the movie and in her character development. I mean, because not too many scenes ago, she was literally totally fine leaving like a, a, baby, a baby at the oh, man. ocean. Yeah. No, you know? I was going to say, Horrifying. I mean, she so, went even with the other direction. It seemed like in here, let me play that real quick. It's a quick one. Uh, beach baby Babylon. I named it. <laughs> I mean, that would lead you to think she was getting even colder. And I guess to set that clip up, if anyone hasn't seen it, she leaves a 18-month-old on the beach after the parents drowned and she killed one of the guys or whatever with a rock. Oh, yeah. It was a mess. So um, on on that scene, because the way I remember that scene with the baby is she looks down at the baby at one point 
and the baby's struggling. Um, the baby's trying to stand up, that kind of thing. And then it cuts to a scene where she's back in the van and you hear a baby crying and she looks over and I, I almost thought, is did they pick up that baby and put it in the van? But then there's another baby. I thought they were going to. Yeah, but then there's another baby um, in another car that is crying in the same way. And I feel like, what is the symbolism of bringing that? Is it to demonstrate the horror of leaving that baby behind? Or is it because she's still thinking on that? Uh, regardless of whether she had enough compassion to do anything or was, you know, was made to feel compassion or whatever for the baby at the beach, was it still in her thought? And then so seeing that baby kind of triggered that. I, I mean, I'm just not sure on that. There there may have been something going on there, but I'm not sure. Uh, Kat, you have something to say. Yeah, my takeaway kind of not just for that moment, but kind of the divide between that turning point in the movie, like before and after, is kind of showing the before part or the beginning of the movie. It's showing us how cold she is and how emotionless she is. That even though, and I think because um, women are constantly attributed to being nurturing and to being emotional, that to show her being emotionless and then furthermore to have that scene with the child and the child crying and her being in, you know completely indifferent about it was more of reinforcing that idea of like she is not what you know we associate woman as and part of that obviously was the fact that she was an alien but I also think it was to kind of also show maybe that that she had these more I don't want to say like masculine traits because I don't think masculinity is being emotionless and not nurturing, but that only those kind of traits could someone do things like that, that tend to be done by men that when we have, you know, rape and killings it is so predominantly done by men. And so kind of that, the beginning part of the movie, having her exhibit those traits, and then that turning point, although I don't agree to how it got, or I don't agree to the, the amount it, it changed um, with no, like, kind of, t you know, context as what, or in text, as, as Pepe was saying, that after that point, you see her being more compassionate and more emotional and more just caring about the like other people around her that that also exemplifies her being more feminine and and because of that that femininity she's also therefore vulnerable and so that and that's the reason why at the end mm. where she gets assaulted she is now kind of what you would what what a woman would be like you know someone who's a, who's who's more caring, more compassionate, but also more vulnerable because of that. So that's kind of how I saw the movie as and and it being divided as. Yes, I've been shaking my head in agreement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh once that once for whatever however that severing happened that kind of pried her away from the mechanism that was killing people and eating them or whatever it was doing. Uh, she was then focused on exploring being a person. 
And can and you also, imagine coming, springing forth like full grown, like some Greek myth and having to then kind of figure out and navigate the, the modern world? I mean, that to me was like very fascinating idea, um, those, whether or not those the movie as a whole worked. Those questions are always um, fascinating. Uh, I know it's another movie, but the movie AI, you know, when it's, he's a boy, but, you know, just trying to, those kind of things are that was interesting. And that movie, a lot of people would say that that movie didn't completely work, but that part of it was the most mm -hmm. interesting part to me of AI, that with him trying mm -hmm. to navigate and understand things like that. I find that fascinating. Well, that's why I thought that, I thought that was one of the things that made the first half of this movie m much more interesting than the second half, because for as much as of a like non-performance as Scarlett Johansson gives, she does give like seeing her switch between this like incredibly charming, like attractive woman that's trying to pick up this guy into just like this blank slate in just like an instant was really cool. Um, but then from the from the second half of the movie, she just kind of like wanders through the movie in this sort of like adult state where she doesn't I don't know, like it doesn't seem like there's a lot going on with her. I mean, she's scared and does things like that, but it's not like I felt like there was more like acting, acting going on in the first half of the movie from her than there was in the second in the second half. It was yeah. more interesting hmm. because of it. I, I think it's interesting. I, that some, I remember that some of the critics liked the second half more and some liked the first half more, which I think this is a very divisive film. And I'll just I'll just clear this up. I didn't submit this film because it's like my favorite film and I'm going to take some kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, oh, what's the word? Offense or whatever. Um, at, at, yeah, right. I'm not. <laughs> it's. I thought maybe it was more uh, a couple of things I wanted to ask and, and find out. And the other thing was, I didn't remember there was so much nudity, but now that there is, and there's kind of this emerging theme that I keep talking about where we're kind of exploring like the female roles in films, traditional and contemporary, and what we're trying to kind of figure out how to move forward with that, I think right now in filmmaking in general, the kind of bigger conversation um, is, uh, you know, um, uh, hang on, let me, let me go to, uh, do you have a clip of her being this, nude? <laughs> Well, yeah, kind of. It's when she uh, has uh, the guy is trying to have sex with her, and she like oh, realizes yeah. like she has a body part. Now, there's not there's not much to it. It's mostly sound, but but it, did, uh, it was another well, one of those moments that I had a question about that scene. So go ahead, yeah, play it. Yeah. So what I want to know, what I guess what I'm what, what I want to know is overall is sense th that like this kind of there's a lot of nudity and sexuality, and we've been going back and forth on you know what is what works or not. And then, and I didn't know it won some award about doing it tastefully or whatever, but I want to know what you guys think. Um, you know, and I call this clip, what's this? Cause she's kind of discovering that she has a vagina. Right. And it freaks her out. She gets actually angry and throws the lamp. You can hear it at the end. All right. I mean, that's it. I mean, she's just like, she, the set it up. She kind of has a lamp and she's like, what the hell, the hell is going on? After that, she's just like, you know, gets out of there and goes to the woods. But uh, overall, so, 
Does is what she discovers at the end of that scene that she doesn't have a functioning vagina? Is that what that's she what I read it as? That I am it not does not sure. work, and it's like a it's a very stark indication that she cannot be a human. That that she has learned a very limited capacity of what humans are because this is all about like luring and seduction. So she's like, humans are sex, and so if I can't do this thing, I'm not a human, and like that's what like sends a reeling. That's what I read it as. So was the Devin, let me ask you, because you've made this point before, and I'm kind of curious what you think. Was was the sexual element of this movie exploitative? Uh and or was it worthy of that award that it won? In your opinion. Yeah, I, I was actually gonna mention that it's like uh it's kind of like you heard what I said in the first season about being uncomfortable with nudity in movies, and then you're like, Oh, I know the perfect movie to make Devin uncomfortable. Um, yeah, no. that's not why I chose it, but it kind of worked out <laughs> serendipitously. Um, I was like, oh, there's I, a lot of nudity in this, and then I wrote down to ask you. I think <laughs> that if you removed all the nudity from this film, nothing other than maybe that one scene that we just described with her, like trying to have sex. I think that no other scene of nudity in this film is like necessary to the plot. I think that you could accomplish it all by having her dress down to her undergarments, like she does in a lot of the scenes, and like that—that's like the seduction, and like especially the men being nude and the like erect full frontal, which is very rare. Like you really only see that in independent films. Like just really didn't feel necessary, and I think by by default that kind of makes it exploitative, just because it, like it doesn't serve a purpose. It's just like, hey, look at Scarlett Johansson; she's hot. Look at her. So selling tickets. Yeah. Okay, Kat, where'd you land? Um, I disagree with some of the points you're making. I and I do think that nudity typically is 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 very exploitative. Um, and I also want to. You're probably saying that right, by the way. (laughs) Say that, yeah. Uh, Say also that I I understand why they casted Scarlett Johansson for this role specifically. Um, and I think that in itself, her being the you know, actress for this movie is also uh, part of the critique is the fact that she is seen as a sex idol. She's seen as this very um, attractive woman by many men. And so to have her play this role, I thought um, was interesting because it was it was a critique of 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 women and, and, and their ability to seduce men to some extent. Um, but as far as the nudity goes, I do think that Every every time that they had, when they had Scarlett Johansson completely naked in front of the the man with the deformed face, um, you know, again, like we talked about, the other times with the other guys, she did not have to get naked all the way. So I thought her being nude for that scene was very um, purposeful. It was to showcase the fact that, one, that this man was not like the other men that were you know, ready to go as soon as she was in her bra and underwear that it took her to be naked completely in order for him to also be naked. Um, I also thought it was a, it was showcasing the fact that she was willing to be more vulnerable to some extent with this guy, which was again, showcasing her being more like compassionate, more, um, more of a, of a, what we attribute, a, a an actual real woman to be. Um, and then the other time that we kind of see her naked was when she was having, or she was trying to have sex with the guy, uh, later on in the movie, um, towards the end before she goes to the woods. And I thought that was also very, uh, purposeful too, because the, and, and, and specifically the, the music was very, uh, a huge indication of how this, 
scene was very different than any of the other scenes where she lured men in, that this was a guy who um, approached her with this uh, asking her if she needed help, that she wasn't luring this guy in. And she was at a state of being of also being vulnerable. So when she was trying to have sex with this uh, guy, that it was actually a very intimate interaction that we hadn't seen at any point for any other sexual interactions in the movie. So her being naked there, too, was also for at least how I saw it was an indication of vulnerability. So um, I think all the, the nudity in in this throughout the movie was very purposeful and intentional. And just like uh, the other movie, The Enemy, I think that nudity in that movie was also done with uh, to showcase how the power dynamics of the relationships, how they were like, and to showcase also the change in those power dynamics um, within, you know, very intimate scenes um, between two people. Um, and I also think that the reason that this, they got an award for uh, the Alliance of uh, Journalism, I'm not getting the full name, right? Um, but is because the fact that the nudity wasn't, they didn't try to make her seem more, they didn't filter her or try to like touch up or do anything to make her look unrealistic. Like her, it's Scarlett Johansson and sure she has a beautiful body, but it is her body. It's not like touched up in any sort of way that makes it look unrealistic. I think they did a really good job in showing uh, both men and women and, um, in a very realistic sense. And also I appreciate the fact that there were uh, male nudity because it's seldom seen in, in, in uh, movies that do show nudity. It's typically all women. So um, when I tell you yeah. Europe, it just, <laughs> they don't have hangups over there about that stuff. Um, yeah. I thought it was fairly functional. Um, the way they showed nudity was, did some parts work and other parts not for you, Devin, or um, and I don't mean to just focus in on you, but since you, since your two comments are kind of in opposition to each other, did some did some of it work as functional or storytelling and some of it not? Um, were there any moments that were purely... Because I, I don't necessarily disagree with you that, like, they might have trimmed it back, you know? Um, yeah, like I said, I think that that particular sex scene with the the man who, who, like, brings her into his home, like, that made sense in that, like, I don't think you could have done that scene without nudity. That, like, obviously she needed to have that, like, revelation. Okay. Um, but I I think that, like I said, basically every other scene, I don't think it was necessary. Even with the disfigured man, I think they could have, there was a many other ways they conveyed that it was different with him. Like they, they, there was like nine indicators that like things were different and the nudity was like just one extra thing on top that was like, yeah, she's willing to get nude with him. Um, I think we got the message far before that, which is another, another thing this movie does is like kind of because it's so slowly paced. Um, there's a lot of scenes where it's like we get it and then it continues for another, you know, 25 minutes or 45 minutes. It feels like sometimes, but <laughs> it just keeps going and it's like, yep. Yeah, More I, suspense I than thriller. Yeah. 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 So any parts that were like that you were like no that's definitely exploit uh, exploitive. I mean, uh, like I'm trying to recall exactly other other moments where she gets nude. That's I know, okay, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, just in case you had yeah. something specific in mind. 
I mean, she's nude and in the beginning. The, like, the, the first shot we right, see of her, right. she's nude when she's undressing the cadaver and uh, That's what the I was thinking dead woman. Too. And uh, like, I mean, I guess she's like stealing her clothes. They wanted to convey that. I mean, I don't know if she needed to be fully Almost nude. Almost like a, a Terminator thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it did give me like weird Terminator vibes in the beginning. Give me um, your clothes, your boots. <laughs> uh yeah i don't know i mean the erect penises were very awkward and like odd and I, I i don't know why i mean yeah i agree that cat it's like it's, it's yeah it's interesting to see it, it it turned on its head um but i also still I mean, this don't is the think land it's of necessary guilt, i mean <laughs> yeah i don't know There's nothing but um, easy access i don't know um this actually the story that it was adapted from came out in 2000 i looked up the a little bit about the writer um i have it here somewhere but uh, it came out in 2000, and it, he is actually Scottish, and it was set in Scotland and adapted by this filmmaker. So that's why it was in Scotland. But um, I thought that the they snuck in like, well, the I I think that they knew that people would be like, why Scotland, right? Um, and so they actually had her ask another fella about like why why he came to Scotland. This was the guy that was going to go save those people. And he's like, well, it's nowhere. And I think that pretty much answered the question. But then I was like, well, maybe like Scottish men are like considered an intergalactic delicacy. <laughs> but no, I think they answered their own question. Like, it's just, it's nowhere. They could go do this thing here and it wouldn't get on the international radar if, if shit went bad, right? <laughs> but uh, so let, moving on to... Uh, she leaves the guy uh, that she was uh, going to have sex with and kind of, uh, excuse me, she kind of takes off into the woods and then meets uh, her, uh, the creepy guy in the woods that ends up sexually assaulting her. About 2,000 acres of forest here, so you shouldn't, you should have uh, plenty of places to go in that. You on your own? Yeah, on your own? Oh. Oh. Yeah, uh, so, Devin, you have something to say? Uh, no, I was just going to laugh at your, your awe. <laughs> so it was a funny place to get it off. Yeah. Just because that part was so false, it was like, clearly he's like, you know, the Machiavellian planning is happening right behind, behind his false concern there. Uh, I almost wanted to get the clip from Family Guy where, he's, where uh, Quagmire is like, jackpot. You know, I don't know if you guys know that one, but he finds a cheerleader like tied up in a, a bathroom or something. He's just like jackpot. And I was like, yeah, this reminds me of this. <laughs> okay. um, so she's assaulted and uh, and something she her skin breaks or something. And you start seeing the alien. The guy runs away and gives her a second and she like takes her face off because it was like damaged and uh, it still works, though. And she's like looking at her own face uh, and the the kind of like black void underneath is expressionless, but her face that she's looking at has a kind of expression of horror and fear from the assault. Right. And so I was wondering if, uh, this is just my thought, but I was wondering if any of you might've thought this too. Um, is this kind of like an expression of how trauma survivors disassociate with what's happened to them? Were they, were they going there with this? Maybe that's was, a question for, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was thinking about that, but actually a little bit earlier when it was her lying down and she kind of gives up on trying to kind of fend him off. 
and she is looking up on the trees that was the part where I'm like god I obviously can't even don't even want to imagine how many women have been in that actual situation um, where that might be kind of the last thing that they do actually see um and so and just that that feeling of of when you watch that scene that she, it does seem like she starts to disassociate and what's obviously interesting is that we had learned that she most likely doesn't have an actual functional um uh, vagina so she's not able to really be as sexually assaulted she's definitely being assaulted but at least not being sexually assaulted right um and so it, the ending was very interesting in the in the sense of like what am what are we supposed to take away from it because it's almost like here's this alien playing a woman going kind of through the experiences of being an actual woman but in this at the same sense because she is an alien and doesn't actually have a vagina she's not ex having the full experience of what it is to be a woman at the in the same sense um but and but also at the same time she's still experiencing even as an alien even someone who, uh playing as a woman as an alien that even they are are vulnerable to the violence um inflicted by a man and so it, it was just an interesting kind of the whole thing at the end um to kind of think about um of just you know what what was again you know the point of the whole movie um by having some an alien play a woman like a human woman um in this movie it made so, yeah. me the first time i watched it 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 uh, made me kind of disassociate myself from what happened and then this time i watched it i saw it more from a human perspective and it actually really put me off and horrified me um which may have been more in line with the point the other thing was they um the makes me think yeah she probably wasn't functional as she couldn't eat that chocolate cake she tried to which sucked but yeah. she was probably promised chocolate cake and you know heard about it and, and the cake was a lie also reminiscent of the <laughs> also reminiscent of the movie ai where he tries to like eat and it doesn't work <laughs> like screws up yeah. his gears or something I, I don't, it's been a long time since i've seen that movie it's a distinct way to separate human like creatures from humans and they do that with vampires as well they'll show them in many movies like what happens if you try to eat like uh, let the right one in and some other ones that i'm they make a joke out of it and uh oh, what's the the send-up show that's really popular in the movie anyone anyone know what i'm talking about there um mm -hmm. what we do in the shadows oh yeah they, they have them I, I, I can't remember if it was the movie or the show which i loved both of them <laughs> the guy eats at one point and they like take it over the top and just hilarious um usually i'm not into gross out humor but the the way they did it <laughs> he got sick oh, it was so funny and oh, no, i want to watch that it's so good um so so this guy that perpetrated this act um did the guy do humanity a favor by destroying her or is he just a villain through and through any thoughts on that I, I I think he he can be both. Um, he definitely was a monster. He preyed yeah. on her like she was preying on men, a very similar way. You know, he was the opposite, up. wasn't he? Mm -hmm. uh, but he was definitely 
was definitely a monster. So both, yeah. He just, like a broken clock, he was right one time during the day, or twice a day, as, as the saying goes. I mean, my thought about that scene, obviously he recognized he can't follow through with the sexual assault because she's not incapable of having um, a vagina. And so I think him killing her wasn't really like, I'm sure it was with the purpose of her being an alien and, and being this weird thing that he didn't understand. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of, in the same sense, a lot of, men who do rape women also murder them so in like is is it just going into that of like you know had he committed the sexual assault would he have murdered that woman anyways um you know is it really because she was an alien and that's at least what i was thinking about um when that happened yeah anyone yeah, else i think we're i think we're kind of coming up against the problem that i have with this movie which is just like okay what does this movie have to say about like men women relationships and power yeah. dynamics it's asking a lot of questions i don't questions, know that right? it has a yeah yeah i don't know that it has any answers to find in it um which frust which frustrates me um because yeah yep i mean asking questions is good and hard um but providing answers to those movie to those questions is harder and takes courage um and yeah we don't i don't know that we necessarily find any of those answers in this movie i don't think the writer may maybe he doesn't have those answers either and i heard it was loosely based so i don't know if, if we're even talking when i say writer the script writer or the original story which i haven't read but it's yeah it's more trying to raise some questions and you know as they and I probably mentioned touched on this earlier, like filmmaking in the bigger sphere is a conversation, right? And each work that the artist produced, the filmmaker in this case, film being the medium, is making some kind of a statement or asking a question. And I yeah. think this is more in line with uh, a work that's asking a few questions and maybe leaving it off to other filmmakers to try to answer. Yeah. And it was 2013. I think since then we've probably tried to answer some of those in other films. Well, this might be an interesting uh, a way of getting into something that it has to say. Um, this, sort of, this question just kind of occurred to me. Is the man at the end worse than Scarlett Johansson at the beginning? I, my instinct is to say yes, but I'm have, I'm struggling. Yeah, I, I that's my instinct too, but I don't necessarily know why. Yeah. So yeah. I do. I think I think he is worse because he's a human. I, I think that's really the whole thing. I mean, it's he's aware. Sure, she, she's bad at the beginning, but she's also seems like she's working for some our system or for the guy the motorcycle guy and she also isn't we aren't supposed to we're not at least to assume that she has the ability to be compassionate whereas a human being you know unless you're a psychopath and maybe he was that we have the assumption that you have the ability to be compassionate and so 
if he isn't a psychopath and he is has the ability to be compassionate but still chooses to do something as horrendous as trying to sexually assault someone then yes he's absolutely worse than her because yeah. she may not have that had the ability to do that yep she yeah. was more yeah. of an instrument in the beginning but she does she does at some point during the movie seem to have the ability to have compassion just sure, but in, you said in the beginning, like which, right, which yeah. is a good way to pose it because she does change. Yeah, but so based solely yeah. on that, she's she is certainly like not the one make calling the shots. However, you want to, you know, yeah, rationalize that. Yeah, well, I mean, functionality. I, yeah, that might be a. I think that's a further interesting question because, like, I think she may have been capable. Like, I think people can people can suspend their people can suspend things that they are cap that they would be capable of otherwise i mean i think people who are in extreme situations do that all the time um and so saying that she's like incapable of uh emotion or empathy or whatever you want to say it like at all for the first you know up to that point where she meets that man is probably a very easy and safe answer to give, but saying that she has that capacity um, and is choosing to ignore it or sublimate it or something in some way um, is more interesting. Is a more interesting way of which, saying it. Yeah, which is why I wanted to follow up. That's with the assumption that yeah, she wasn't capable of you know, being compassionate, um, yeah. in the beginning. Cause yeah, that, that obviously is totally, um, a possibility that she was, she was capable, but choosing not to. Even like well, with the all things does... being equal though, real quick, even with all things being equal, I, my instinct is still to say the guy's worse. And I don't know why. But is, but is it, is it because he's killing a woman? Because I think Probably. if I were to be honest, that might be, yeah, I think that's why. Mm -hmm. Is it is it because also when Scarlett Johansson is seducing these men and killing them, it might also feel more like a punching up versus a punching down kind of deal? Yeah, yeah maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. that's what it is there Do you, too. Well done. So they, also, that's a yeah. good point. Yeah, yeah. She's also just killing them, whereas he wanted to rape and kill her, which, like, you know, just numbers wise, that's obviously worse. Right. Yeah. Well, well, I I think also. I think if you're you're talking about which one's worse, um, because they talk about this argument in relation to animals, you know, when animals kill, um, we as human beings, we we know what the alternative could be, but we still make that choice. And if we are assuming that as an alien, she is coming into empathy, but later, right? She doesn't have it in the beginning. She doesn't know to be that. She doesn't know of an alternative. This is what she does, whatever that reason um, may be. I personally think it's food just because they have that Pink Floyd the Wall scene where they show the, the meat slurry. And I was like, right, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're using it for some soiling green, but, you know, a yeah. different way. Um, but she doesn't learn compassion until later. I think we've all kind of agreed to that. Therefore, she didn't she didn't have that capacity or, or at least was unaware that she had the capacity in the beginning. She was sent there to do this thing and she was doing it. Whereas the person at the end 
he knows what he's doing and he chooses to do it. So I think in that case, it would be worse. Yeah, I agree. Uh, any yeah. final thoughts before we uh, move on? Well, one Devin, thing that occurred to me was we were... That. I was just, just real quick. One thing that occurred to me while we were talking about this is that this movie is bookended by the murders of women, right? Because the first thing that we... One of the right. first things we see in the movie is the guy... Mm getting that woman's body and putting it in his van. And then at the end, Scarlett Johansson, mm -hmm. I guess we've been calling her a woman, although I guess she's not really, but yeah, she's, she's killed at the end of it too. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I, I love uh, picking up on stuff like that. So well done. Certainly on purpose. And I did want to add that I, I think it was also intentional that the, that it was a, kind of the, a man was in control of oh, yeah, her definitely. the entire time. Mm. That was obviously, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, good yeah. point. Cool. Uh, any other final thoughts? Uh, just one, one, just one question. Uh, when, uh, Scarlett Johansson was at the very beginning, and they and she was uh, getting the clothes off the dead woman. It was in a white space, and they showed a white space in the middle of the movie. I can't remember exactly when, um, but then when she was luring them in, that was a black space, right? Every time they, you know, they were getting killed. Yeah. What do you guys think the significance is of white space versus black space, like that color scheme? I, man, I didn't even notice. Did anyone else pick up on that? Yeah, Good I mean, observation. yeah, like superficially, yeah, I noticed that that it's the only like I I don't remember a time in the middle when we see the white space again. I thought it was only at the beginning, but I'm trying to recall now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I do think it's also interesting that that's the only time they have like a woman that they've taken is into that white space um, that there might be, and then they don't use her for fuel. We don't see her be absorbed or, or whatever they're using her for. I don't know why I thought it, I, I assumed it was using them for fuel, but I don't know if that's, there's any actual basis. That's what just my automatic assumption. Um, but yeah, th we don't see her used for anything other than her just taking her clothing. Um, and so again, just something kind of like an unanswered question, just like they're treating these genders separately, but why, why do they need men? You know? Yeah. I think the black and white is, the colors are significant and probably have to do with that as well. Um, okay. Uh, so before we assign grades, it's time for a short commercial break. And now a word from our sponsors. Is your man clueless about his skin problem, but it drives you crazy? Well... Now you can lure, lure, lure him into better hygiene with Void Noir Skin Regimen for Men. In a clinical trial, Void Noir was shown effective in treatment of all known skin conditions. Our patented technique lobotomizes your man, utilizing a gentle seduction process. Your man will follow one sexy carrot Johansson until he's stuck in a luxurious, viscous black void with no hope for escape. While trapped, Void Noir exfoliates and conditions your man to make his skin problem-free forever. After Void Noir, when you look at your man, the only thing you'll notice will be his skin, because it will literally be in a pile of skin floating in a black void. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the UFDA. The phrase all known skin disease does not include neurofibromatosis. Don't be mad. We need your fuel for intergalactic binge eating campaign. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Void Noir, skin regiment for men. From the beings who brought you the classic Xenomorph board game, Game Over, Man. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Yes. Okay. So that word from our sponsor guy, that's Don Pardo. And I, I said I would mention that again. And he's a legend that his career spanned uh, 70 years. So uh, we'll, we'll let him uh, say it one more time. The legendary Don Pardo. And now a word from our sponsors. It's one of those, uh, wow. you know, Hollywood institutions. The right? cadence with which he speaks reminds me of G-Man from Half-Life. Every time. It creeps me out a little bit. Oh, yeah. He oh, has that, it has that, like, little, like, the way that his voice kind of, like, I don't know what the word is. There's, like, it has, like, a... a sort of melodic? I don't know if that's Lilts. Yeah, lilts, yeah. So, like, it, he has, like, a weird way of, of pitching. You know, it's like a, a vibrato a as he speaks. It. Yeah, lilts. Okay, gang. All Ralphie. <laughs> yeah. Did anyone else ever fantasize about how a teacher would react to their homework like that? Because that that hit the nail on the head for me when I was a kid. No, no, never. I fantasized oh, about that really? scene ending more quickly, though. <laughs> it goes on <laughs> so long. I know. I had to trim it down. Even the the. I was like, "Where do I cut this thing?" She just goes on oh, and on. It's good. Yeah, on I had a so wild long. imagination about that stuff. Oh, teacher's gonna love mm -hmm. this. And then it typically was just like, uh, "Not so good." Anyway, uh, yeah, with this film, um, I'm gonna go with a B because, um, yeah, I I didn't submit it because it was my favorite film ever, but I took away some good significant lessons from it, and there was things even upon second watching uh, where I thought it would, uh, I really wanted to know what you guys thought about it. So that's why I chose it. But I think overall, I still enjoyed it and I think it mostly worked. So I'm going to land on a B. Kat, what did you think? Um, I'm definitely on the fence. Um, since we're not doing like B minuses or pluses. You can do um, minuses and pluses. Yeah, just not A plus. Just not A plus. Just not A plus. Yeah. Oh, okay, got it. Okay. Um I I'm gonna go B minus then. Um, because I, I do think that the film is like I said earlier, like I it's I like films that 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 make me kind of think about it afterwards and not really know what the point of the film was. Um I although I understand the frustration in that, I definitely I specifically enjoy films that are able to kind of make me further think about it. Um and I think the cinematography and the lighting, I mean, I know we didn't even really talk about that, but I thought that was right. really great throughout the whole the film. Um, and as far as acting goes, I have no complaints. So um, there's a lot of elements that worked well for the movie um, that I can't give it. I don't feel comfortable giving it a low grade, um, even though I definitely don't think that this is a movie that a lot of people are going to enjoy or, or um, like. So I, I get that as well. Um, so that's why I'm going to give it a B minus. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And it's I keep coming back to this, but it, it was almost a 50-50 split for the audience, which I think is is interesting. And it was almost a 50-50 split here as well. 
So speaking of that, uh, Devin, uh, where are you landing on this with your final grade? Very curious about this. Yeah, so for me, I think the sort of internal, almost like subconscious thing I do, maybe I should have mentioned this earlier with movies, is like there's sort of how much it entertained me just on like a pure like face value and uh-huh. how well it like accomplished what it set out to do. For example, like 10 Cloverfield Lane, very entertaining movie. And I think it, it, it sets out to be a thriller. It is a thriller. Like it, it, it hits both boxes. That's why it's an A movie. Um, and some other movies, you know, they kind of do what they're trying to do, but aren't particularly fun to watch. So, you know, this movie for me was just neither. It failed on both counts. I, I suffered through it. I legitimately wished there was a 1.5 speed option on Amazon when I was watching it. And I did not get anything from it because I didn't understand it. Um, yeah, so. you seem to suffer through this conversation as well. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Clearly, just um, by the look on your face. This will be my first F, I think. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Ben. No, that's okay. It, 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 like I said, it's zero reflection on me or my opinions. It was of more of, uh, I'm, I'm, throwing, I'm throwing this out here to be tested. This is a testing yeah. zone. Shouldn't, I mean, obviously your letter grade's your letter grade, but shouldn't F be like, like the acting was horrible. The cinematography was like absolutely everything about the movie was awful. But if no? everything was awful, it would be kind of fun to watch, right? If it's the worst movie ever produced, like Dragon Ball Z, it's got to be entertaining because it's so like incredibly bombastically terrible. Um, where this fell so perfectly in this, in like it wasn't bad enough to be good because it's bad, and it wasn't good enough to be good because it's good. Um, for me, it was an F. Oh, a divisive film. And you seem to genuinely, like, genuinely, like, actively dislike it just from the body language and from what you're saying and stuff, which I find interesting. Yeah. So the, very off-putting. Yeah, even. exactly. Like, oh, I, I, this was torture for you to watch, almost. My plan's working. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pepe, where'd you land on this after our really getting under Devin's skin over here. Oh, there it was. Oh. God, it was right there. <laughs> oh, shit. There was the layup. And the, and it was, the you know, it was just, it was, <laughs> I saw the money. It was on the table. I thought, why leave any money on the table? I just right? pick it up. No, pick it please up. Don't. Just pick it up. That wouldn't um, be right. Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> well, I think that even if you, well, I don't want to, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I think this is a B plus movie for me. Um, I think, um, even though I I don't, even though it didn't give me the sort of satisfaction of like having a sort of having an answer that it proposed, um, it um, obviously it had other merits. Obviously, just like it was the scenes in those like black voids and how the the, the floor was like reflective and the um, the scene that Jim talked about with the like red conveyor belt. Um, I love that shit. I eat that shit up. Um, and so just in addition to that, with just the sort of rest of the movie being sort of unique and um, having me lean, ha- keeping me leaning into it, wondering what's going on, you know, leaning into it. Um, but yeah, the ending just didn't, um, it didn't stick the landing. So B plus. Those landings are hard to stick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Jim, you have the final grade for us today um i didn't i didn't particularly enjoy this movie either um i thought it had a a few interesting things to say um some questions it kind of asked and there were good moments for sure but for the most part 
I don't didn't I didn't find you. it enjoyable and I, I felt like it was too undertoned. You, you know, um, I don't think a movie should be cookie cutter, definitely, but it was just too less. So for that reason, yeah. I'm going to give it a C minus. Okay. Okay. So, uh, under the skin, 2013, final uh, GPA. Uh, that puts us at a total of 2.14, um, which is a solid C. Okay. Solid C student. Okay, uh, uh, and uh, that's keep in keeping with its fifty percent approval rating. I mean, honestly, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, that does put it as technically our lowest uh, ranked film so far. Yes, mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's terrible. That's terrible. This, oh man, that's terrible. The majority is spoken. I'm, I'm outraged. The minority is spoken. I guess <laughs> no, technically, yeah. the loud minority. No uh, yeah, this movie has no merit. F. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a lot out of the movie, uh, as well as uh, just from the experimentation, uh, personally, from uh, you know what things that I could actually utilize. Uh, with my own writing so that was the strongest point for me outside of uh i, I enjoyed it uh, and i thought it mostly worked as i said so um but it's a divisive film and that's why i put it put put it in the hat you know to watch and i got a lot out of our conversation too so mission yeah. accomplished hang the uh the banner just like w um <laughs> okay so it's time to uh, roll for the next episode and i think it's jim's turn to roll Am I am I correct there? No, I rolled last time. Oh, but I'm ready. We... So if you want me to roll again, oh yeah, this is the third episode. Yeah, I got to learn how to count. Uh, I got to hit right. those fundamentals again. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> we, we, I think it's Cat's turn actually. Then uh, let me so... get a coin. Yep. Yeah. Well, let me bring up the actual uh, sheet here and blind everyone with my uh, overlit uh, camera here. While she does that, I wanted to update everyone on the rankings here. Uh, so far, yeah, we good. have Cat um, with two correct guesses, me with two correct, and uh, the rest of you all have one. Um, and with two films left, we only have one more we can guess on, but one of them is Cats. So uh, depending on what gets chosen next, um, it could be decided already. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, well played, the two of you. I look forward to uh, seeing who wins with... Uh, complete impartiality team cat <laughs> um <laughs> you already got your award uh okay so uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll see what happens though but uh, okay are we ready with the coin so i'm gonna give you the drum roll and oh so what's what heads is one tails is two we did oh. that last time heads one tails two okay it's tails so two, two. tails Number two, so we will be watching next week a little production called Malcolm and Marie, and it is streaming on Netflix, and it came out in 2021. Uh, so Malcolm and Marie, um, and finally a Netflix film again. Some of these <laughs> crazy, like, third-tier <laughs> streaming places that no one's heard of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was also going to say for... Uh-huh. Uh, just real quick, that for uh, Under the Skin, you can see it on Showtime and Amazon Prime. 
if you have a subscription to Showtime, um, Amazon, I think you get the pay. Oh, it was also on those. Okay, good to yeah. know. Great. Yeah, okay, thank so you. Showtime. Yeah. So half doubt, you might be I mean, torturing yourself; the other half might enjoy it. <laughs> the odds that someone got to this point in this episode and hasn't seen the movie yet are pretty slim. But in case you're one of those people who just spoiled the entire movie for yourself and now you want to watch it, Showtime. People skip to the end sometimes. I don't know. They <laughs> just want to. They just want the die. They're just here for the rolling of the die. So, just here for one the more thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, yeah. The, uh, yeah, that that'll happen. Um, you might have listeners that watch movies because we interested them in it. So yeah, I mean, some people like know. to. Some people like to know what's going to happen in a movie before they watch it. It's like an anxiety thing. I've I've heard of it. So <laughs> it's, it's legit. That's true. It's valid, as the as the kids say. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, and me saying that is like that uh, Steve Buscemi, Buscemi. Hello, <laughs> fellow kids. Yeah. Hello, fellow kids. That's me, that's me saying, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, okay, so quickly, show announcements. There's no show next week. No, We won't be recording, and whenever you hear this, the if you're listening along, uh, the, the following week will be no episode. And uh, if you're well in the future, then it won't matter. Uh, emails. You can write to ben at redhenmedia.com, and we may respond on the show. We probably will if you write soon enough. Um, so, yeah, that about wraps things up, gang. Oh, someone's at the door. Who's that? Is that someone at the door? Yeah, ringing my doorbell <laughs> off the hook here. Just one more thing. Okay, Lieutenant Colombo is telling us we have time for just one more thing, where we uh, talk about a Twitter-length post of something that our co-hosts want to mention from outside the show. Um, I will be very brief. Uh, it's a podcast. It's called Business Wars on Wondery, and you may have already heard of it because it's one of those big, big, big uh, podcasts, but man, it is, is it good. They do a really great job. Pick a product or a company that you've heard of that you like. My my uh, entry point into this one was like Hasbro versus Mattel because it was all the 80s toys I grew up with. Um, and they talk about how those companies came to be and they dr uh, dramatize it and narrate it with voice acting and stuff that, you know, certain things that happened and uh, present it in a very pleasing way. It's super popular. But if you haven't heard of it or checked it out, I bet you will be entertained and and binge listen. So that's my just one more thing. Uh, Kat, what about you? What have you got for us this week? My just one more thing is just a small a little rant about how um, a lot of people our age don't read books. And I am sick and tired of reading books and not being able to talk to anyone, again, my age, that reads books as well. And it's just very frustrating that I have to, the only way I'm able to really have discussions with people is like if I seek specifically book clubs um, with uh, the select few of us that still read books um, in the younger generation. So I think reading books is so important. I've literally ranted about this so many times to my boyfriend specifically, who just does not read them. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it makes you smarter. It opens up your perspective. You have a better sense, you know, a bigger vocabulary. Um, why not read books? I, they're, they're, they're entertaining. I, I get it. It's much easier to watch a movie, but it's yeah. I need to it takes talk a little to more someone. Effort. The benefits are real. 
um i remember it's not maybe not just this generation but maybe the past couple because i remember being a kid and being into reading and loving it and that would be one of the first questions i asked and i don't think i ever got an answer of yes when i asked like potential friends or whatever so do you like reading that was like one of my like uh litmus tests for people you know <laughs> no one ever passed but uh here uh, yeah uh we're we're among uh avid readers in fact you you guys probably all put me to shame um i've gotten less avid as uh the years have gone by but uh, it's important, and I think they've shown that uh, it does actually improve brain functionality and uh, helps prevent uh, actual problems uh, later on as you age and stuff. So uh, yes. very, very well said. Good rant. Definitely uh, rant approved. Read, read everyone. Put the stamp on it. Stamp rant. Okay, uh, Devin, what have you got for us this week? Yeah, so mine uh, needs a little lead-in. I've kind of been on this uh, nostalgia kick lately. Um, World of Warcraft classic Burning Crusade is coming out soon, which is not my one more thing. Um, but that is, they, they've created servers that represent a version of World of Warcraft that, that as it existed, you know, like over a decade ago, um, and they're updating it. It's, it's impossible to explain if you don't know anything about World of Warcraft. But needless to say, I am in a headspace that I was when I was like 13 years old. So I am like revisiting some things. And so my one more thing this week is a, a little little musician called Alfred Matthew Yankovic, uh, otherwise known as Weird Al Yankovic, um, who was like absolutely my favorite human being for the probably like 10 years. Uh, the first concert I ever went to was a Weird Al concert um, nice. in Lake County at the uh, Lakeside Amphitheater. It was incredible. Oh yeah, he'll play there. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've always been a huge fan and I've just been going back through his catalog and like his early stuff is so fucking good. I think he's one of the best like comic writers of our generation i guess not my generation but of the last couple of generations i think he's hilarious and uh incredibly uh witty and just yeah i don't know i love him and yeah, uh, i listen to a lot of his music. music and satire yeah. i mean if, i agree if we've uh, got any millennials or gen z's out there who don't know what the fuck i'm talking about absolutely look up uh weird al yankovic yeah take uh dip your toes in or take a deep dive straight out yeah, of linwood best worth. best album straight out of what Straight out of Linwood. Okay. I'll have to it's check great. and see which I know the songs more than the album. Yeah, that's White and Nerdy was on that. That was the White and Nerdy was the headliner for that one. Okay. The the hot the hot track. Check out Weird Out. And UHF, uh a movie that I really yep. like. That Amazing in, movie. Uh, yeah. He was in like one film that, uh, that I, is worth checking out. If we Maybe have a future if we have yeah, if we have a future category that would include that, um yeah, it might might be my I would pick. Totally might toss be a spoiler. UHF in there. <laughs> yeah, right. Well it could be me though. Could be, could be me. Uh, okay, so Pepe, what have you got for us this week on Just One More Thing? Yeah, so um, you guys probably already know about this, but there's a website called justwatch.com. Do you guys know this website? No. Okay, so, oh, great. So justwatch, justwatch.com is a website you can go to. You will then type in the name of a movie that you want to watch, and it will tell you where you can stream it and how much it will cost you. Okay. Yeah, so very you don't handy. have like the Roku yeah. app to search. Go there. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, that's show. how oh, I thank do you. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to um, justwatch.com. Yeah, justwatch.com. My one more thing, however, is my sister and I um, have been watching um, uh, some Adventure Time on HBO Max. They've been releasing, after the show uh, um, stopped its normal run, they released. Uh, longer, three longer episodes, 
and we watched all three of them over the last couple of nights. Um, and Adventure Time is so fucking good. <laughs> there, it's it's just so good. Um, so stop whatever you're doing um, and go watch Adventure Time. Okay, I'll do that. I haven't watched it yet. I've, it's kind of on my radar as one of those edgy adult animation shows that and i've loved basically all of them that i've watched so i don't see why this one would be any but different and i it's neither of those things though it's neither edgy nor adult it's for oh, kids it isn't. okay well yeah. that's just me uh prejudging then okay <laughs> yeah so no spoilers then i'll just dive in and find out what it is i'll report back next week yeah, yeah. oh not next week we're not recording next week right i'll report back next week when no one's here you should watch it with your with your son. It's I mean it's oh, it's an incredible kid, show for for children. Your kid yeah. would love it. It's so yeah, fucking okay. good. I can't. Okay, it's hard good. for me to overstate yeah. how good it is. Cool, cool. It is it's really of, good. It's Yay one of my either. niece's uh, favorite Excite shows. Om- the excitometer is just off the charts here. Okay, I'll check it out. And Jim, uh, what have you got oh, for us this week? On just spe- one sorry, my sister made this oh, for me. This is one more thing. This is Finn and Jake. Oh, there we my go. My sister made this for me. Yeah, yeah. Those those guys. Yeah, yeah. I'll learn their names. So, what relation does the excitometer have with the Tamama monitor? (laughs) (laughs) That you can't pronounce either one. (laughs) I cannot pronounce it. I can't either. I was struggling through that. (laughs) Yeah. Every week Um, on the commercial, I keep writing more, more and more stuff that's like harder and harder to get through. I don't know what I'm trying to do to myself there. I gotta, I gotta cut that out. Uh, on that topic but yeah, anyway you should, what do you no, got for us no. this week <laughs> no you, sh- you should double down you should put some uh tongue twisters in there sure so. why not it's just, yeah now we'll experiment much like this film we'll we'll find the breaking point there you go i we'll sense it coming internet <laughs> yeah yeah um so my just one more thing i'm uh currently reading uh clive barker's books of blood um yeah, it's this his is great. collection Mm-hmm. It's this collection of short stories, and uh, I had read uh, book two of this series a long time ago, and so and I had never read the first or the third one, so I wanted to kind of do it, you know, when I feel the need for a short story as a break from longer series, fantasy series that I'm involved in right now. Um, this is the go-to, and I'm on the second story of book one, but I felt like this was a perfect fit for our movie discussion of Under the Skin, because his preface to these books are everybody is a book of blood. Wherever we're opened, we're read. So true horror wow. fiction. Nice. Love oh, it. Nice. Uh, what a, what a wordsmith Clive Barker is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you for those just one more things. That's a gold mine there. you most of all dorothy's here letting us know it's time to say goodbye so let's start with kat all right i'm Catherine ramirez it's been real catch me on instagram at kat ramirez with two z's see y'all next time mr devin schwartz i am devin schwartz you can find me at devin schwartz one and uh, game over man game over <laughs> And the very blurry all of a sudden. Pepe, oh, there it goes. It fixed itself. James Pepe. Yeah, yeah, I've been James. And uh, see you guys, uh, oh, I guess in two weeks now. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, two weeks. Get a little breather there while I'm frantically trying to rebuild this machine here, this machine of destruction. Uh, yeah, and uh, last but certainly not least, uh, the irrepressible gentleman, Jim Scott. Yep, I'm Jim Scott, and farewell and take care, friends. Indeed. And this has been I'll Look at Yours if you look at mine. And now that you've looked at ours, we hope to look at yours soon. If you enjoy the show, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, ring the bell, give us a five-star review, dot your I's, cross your T's, sign here, initial here, and don't forget to tell your friends. Remember to watch Malcolm and Marie 2021 for next uh, the two weeks from today's show. Now streaming on Netflix. Until next time, lookers, keep on looking. Uh.